Welcome to episode 27 of the 24-7 Prayer Warrior Podcast. Brought to you by 247prayerwarrior.com, your place for personal and spiritual breakthrough. Last time's episode of episode 26, um, we talked about how God dispatches his angels when we call upon him. That's right, angels. Scripture talks about it. People have had encounters with angels. I think I've had an encounter with angels, and I share it on this episode today. Look, it's time. It's time to seek the face of God and get things moving because we need an army on our behalf. How involved is God in our lives? Does he actually notice every sparrow that falls? Or did he create the earth and all that exists on it only to leave it in our hands and periodically return to check on how we're doing? These are questions that have plagued mankind for millennia. Prophets depended on God's involvement, deists depended on God's lack of involvement, and atheists depended on the notion that there was no God. Yet, if there is no God, or he randomly comes and goes, how do we account for the myriad of unusual events that happen in our lives? Does God actually intervene? Are there depths or levels of his intervention? Is intervention only at the angelic level, such as the time God sent his angel to destroy 185,000 men of Assyria to save Hezekiah? Or can humans have some involvement, such as the time when Aaron and Hur held up the arms of Moses, and as long as his arms were up, they won, and when his arms were down, the Hebrew army would lose? If you stop to think about it, Aren't we actually asking God to intervene in something every time we pray? That was John Paul Jackson from his series, Dreams and Mysteries. The episode was Divine Intervention. You can find it on YouTube. And that's what we're talking about today, Divine Intervention, specifically the possibility of Divine Intervention through angelic visitation. What you're getting ready to hear is a story that I'm going to tell of what happened to me. I think it was an angel, but I can't tell you definitively. All I can say to you is listen to this story to be encouraged because this thing came out from nowhere in a time I didn't expect, but a time that I really needed it. And maybe you need something right now too. As we have discussed in so many episodes, if we give ourselves to seeking God and being a prayer warrior and going after him passionately, focused, and persistently not giving up, God's going to show up. Things are going to happen. You don't give up, God will show up. And that's the thing. Keep going after him. If that's all you got, go after him. Call upon the name of the Lord. And there was a time in my life that I was uh, seeking God in so many different ways, which has been so many periods in my life. And this particular one was pretty intense because my focus was uh, where I was going next in my life. I was in college and uh, I had uh, majors and minors that I was working through in college, but uh, wasn't sure how I was going to get to a destination in my career. I didn't know the right path. 
it was kind of it was pretty foggy. I didn't ha- I had some direction, uh, but I didn't have any real mentorship. I tried to get mentorship, and uh, it was minimal. Uh, for whatever reason, the doors didn't open, even though I went after them. And so I was had been working at this event arena while I was in college. I it was a job that I loved, stage and lighting. Uh, saw a lot of concerts, a lot of famous people. Uh, I saw an interface with a lot of folks that uh, men and women of God, powerful movers and shakers. Uh, I it was a creative thing. I'm a I tend to be a creative guy, and uh, so many different things. Really enjoyed it. And I had worked my way up as assistant technical director for the stage and lighting crew. On this particular Saturday night, we were working and we were changing over from a basketball arena to an event theater that was in the building. And uh, we were preparing actually for a church service in that uh, theater. We were setting up for the next day's services for this particular church that had rented the facility uh, for their services. And so there we were. And uh, this particular night, I, I was kind of tired and I just did not feel like the heavy lifting. And it was a physical job. That, there was a lot of uh, f- uh, physicality to it. Uh, and uh, But uh, I, normally I, I stay on the floor and I do the hard work, but I was a bit tired. And uh, I was able to work my way up to the winch board, which is up in the sound booth of this, uh, this theater, uh, to run because we, you had to drop and, and pick up curtains, heavy duty, thick curtains. And so somebody had to operate the winch board for that to happen. And I didn't, like I said, I didn't normally do that, but at this particular Saturday night, I did it. And, uh, I, so I was up there and, and, uh, normally my boss kind of frowned on that, but, uh, on this particular night, he didn't really give me any, any issues at all about what I was doing. Uh, being up there. So he kind of took the lead down on the floor and I was up on the winch board by myself. <clears throat> and I'm sitting there uh, as I'm on the board. I look over to my right and uh, there's uh, uh, what looked like a homeless man uh, in the in the chair uh, not too far from the winch board. Uh, and I thought, man, he's left over. Somehow he got in here during the basketball game and and uh, he's been there, and I'm, I'm going to have to drive him out of there. And it was it's winter, so it's cold, and so I wasn't looking forward to that. And he was all kind of crunched up, you know, like he was sitting in the chair, and his knees were high. Uh, it's hard to describe, but it was just like he was squeezed into that spot. But he looked like an, uh, a, a, a thin, uh, frail, small guy initially, what he looked like, all kind of uh, folded up in this seat wearing a long trench coat and had a hat on and kind of long hair. Um, and and he was eating an apple. He had a little pen knife and he was cutting pieces of the apple off and eating the apple while he was sitting there. And uh, so I just kind of sat there wondering, of course, I'm a Christian. I'm thinking, I got to minister to this guy. Here I am. He's right there with an earshot. Uh, and uh, they're working down on the floor. And, and what was interesting, just to pause for a second again, uh, normally, you know, I knew when to raise the curtain and when to lower because I was watching that. But no one said anything to me from the floor. Usually they would joke about it because, you know, you go up to the winch board and you, you raise the curtain and then you come back down to the floor and work, then go back up. But I just stayed up there. 
And no one said a word. My boss didn't say a word. Uh, the folks on the floor didn't, the, the crew didn't, you know, they would joke, making comments, but Nep didn't say a word. <clears throat> and so I continued up there, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, so I somehow, I don't recall how, we struck up a conversation, me and this gentleman that was all kind of squished up in his seat, uh, about, uh, wrote the, the aisle next to me to the right. And, um, and right away, within a few moments of, of, of starting the conversation, as I was trying to get to know him and minister to him, all of a sudden, he shifted the conversation toward my life. He, he started talking about things metaphorically, but it was clear that it was, it was uh, information about where I was at that particular time. Uh, so we started talking, he asked me questions about what we were doing. I said, yeah, we're setting up for a church service and, uh, tomorrow. And, and he, so then he started talking I said, well, he said, uh, he said, I'm traveling, I'm heading to Arizona. And of course uh, we were in the Midwest. So he had several States to go through. He said, I'm traveling to Arizona. And, uh, and I said, oh, okay, well, how you doing that? And he said, well, he said, I, I just got out of prison. And um, that's where I'm heading. That's my destination. And uh, he said, um, you know, as you're traveling your desti- to your destination, you can't focus on your destination. You have to be where you are at the time knowing you're going to get to your destination. But there's a lot of things in between where you are now and where you're going that you have to experience in order to get to your destination. Well, that line hit me like a ton of bricks because that that was right where I lived at that moment. That was where my whole life was focused on thinking about the future and how I was going to get there. And then he started laughing. As soon as he said it, he started laughing and, and kind of a weird laugh, but he was laughing. And, and so the look on my face must have been priceless because... You know, it was it just hit me square right between the eyes what he was saying. And so, uh, of course, I was curious about this whole thing of leaving of, of just coming out of prison like he was talking about. So I started asking him questions about prison and he didn't really answer too much. But they said something. He said, you know, the devil uh, sometimes likes churches more than he likes prisons. And I looked at him with the very. Uh, curious look on it, my face, and he started laughing at that. But in some cases, he's he's correct. You know, the people that Jesus fought most, and the, really the people that caused him to get to crucifixion, were religious people. They were the holy people of the day, supposedly. They were hypocrites, but they were the holy people of the day. It was the church people, so to speak, the, those are the synagogues, but, and the priests from the temple, but it was the religious people that resisted him the most. So that statement was not too far off that the devil likes churches more than prisons. You know, churches, if you're religious and bound by religion, You can never have faith and you can never get delivered from your sin because it has to come through faith 
and the power of the Holy Spirit alone and not by works. It's by faith and not by works. And so he had a point, but it was just bizarre that he would say that like he did in also the period of time in my life. So we talked and it was a number of things and I don't remember all the details and I don't want to go into a lot of the details, but each point that he was making, particularly in this idea of traveling to a destination and having to stop at places along the way in order to learn was such a powerful lesson. And again, we, we hardly even, he didn't even know me at all. And he was talking again. And after each statement, he would laugh. He would start to laugh. So now I'm starting to think, man, who is this guy? Who, who is this person? So I'm going, is he an angel or is this like guy full of demons? I mean, I didn't know, you know, and, and, I, and I was thinking this thought and it didn't come out of my mouth, nothing. And he started laughing hysterically. And he said, you know who I am, and I'm not God. Again, he said, you know who I am, but I'm not God. And again, I was very curious as to what that was. I thought, does that mean he's an angel? I don't know. He's, he says he's just got released from prison. And it was all sorts of things like that. I, again, and and I will never say this day that it was an angel. I'm just telling you what happened. And so the conversation continued. And again, this guy that I thought was homeless, that I intended to minister to, a guy that I was going to have to drive out of the building into the cold, the freezing cold, was ministering to me. It was fascinating. At a very critical time in my life. And we talked for roughly 45 minutes, maybe an hour. It was a long time. And again, here's the most bizarre part about it. Nobody on the crew, including my boss, said anything to me the entire time, which was highly and highly unusual. But anyway, so we I started realizing they were kind of wrapping up on the floor and I was done with the winch board, and, and so I, I told him I, I got to go back down and join the crew. He said, okay, so I climbed out of the sound booth, and, and he stood up. When he stood up, this little frail man that was squeezing this chair was about 6'4". He, he was tall and not so frail all of a sudden. You know, I, I thought for sure he'd be like maybe no more than five feet looking at him sitting there. He was like six four, six three, six four. He was bigger than me. And uh, so that startled me because I did not expect that at all. And uh, we started walking down the stairs and and he was started asking me, you know, how do I how do I leave the building? And I said, well, I'll show you. Uh, we'll go down there and and uh, I'll point which way to go you follow the the hallway and uh and and so he said okay and i i'd somewhere on the line i had introduced him uh, myself as with my nickname that everybody called me it wasn't my full name nobody called me by my full name it was a nickname that i had and uh so finally he he wanders off and then the crew gathers around me and says 
who was that guy? And they were like asking, what was happening? And I said, I don't know. But I think I might have been talking to an angel. And nobody laughed. Something was happening and they all knew it too. But nobody could describe it. So we started moving some items around. And next thing you know, the guy shows up again. He taps me on the shoulder. I turn around. I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is going to be hard. And, and he says, uh, and he, he turns to me and he, all of a sudden he calls me by my full name. My first full, my, my whole first name. Not my nickname. My, not my nickname that everybody called me that I never went by anything but that nickname and introduced myself by that nickname. He called me by my full first name and he asked me another question. And again, I, unfortunately, I can't remember exactly what it was. It had to do with getting outside. So I, I literally had to walk him out ultimately. But uh, and uh, I walked him out there. I came back and it hit me like a ton of bricks. He just called me by my first name, the name that nobody called me by. And uh, again, I was just, I was excited, but but perplexed at the same time. What had just happened to me? And I had prayed and sought God for years to have a, a supernatural encounter in some way where the, the power of God would hit me in a, in a miraculous way, an angel, something. And I've been praying for a long time. And you get all kinds of ideas what that's going to look like when uh, you're, you, you, if you ever get that experience. And I had all kinds of preconceived notions as to what that was going to look like. And, and of course, it never happened the way I had imagined. And I didn't have many of those kind of experiences that I had hoped that I had had. But that one was a, what a time it was. It was, and it has stuck me to this day so many decades later. And what I'm trying to encourage you, as we did in the last episode of the podcast, talking about how when we seek God, he dispatches his angels. It is very clear in the scriptures that God has tons, thousands and thousands, maybe millions, I don't know, of angels that work for him. And there are also a host of those of Satan fallen angels, demons that are fighting principalities, rulers, as uh, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter six of these, this, this spiritual warfare that there are, there is a, a governmental structure in, in the kingdom of Satan that wars against the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of heaven has dispatches Angels that are in a highly structured organization on how they battle things and issues and who does what. It's clear. And uh, it's fascinating to know, you know, there's there's even a scripture that, that in the New Testament that it, it could just slip by you in, in, in just a fast way if you weren't looking for it at all. And it's found in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, the last chapter of the book of Hebrews. And it's almost like an offhanded comment. It starts out in verse one, let love of the brethren continue. Then verse two, 
Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. So I want to encourage you as you're calling on God, as you're giving yourself, don't give up. Press through. Press through. I don't care how bad it's getting, how things may be turning around in the way you didn't think it would happen. I want to encourage you to press through because you don't know what God has for you. And he will come at the right time, at a key critical time to get you to where you need to be. But if you give up, if you throw up your hands and say, I can't make it through this, then you're, you're, you're going to miss out. You're, you're, you're going to get stolen from what God has for you. Don't give up. This is your responsibility to pray for your nation. You, by the Bible, have placed upon you the obligation to pray every day for your government, for those in authority. And most Christians haven't even begun to do it. I cannot preach on this tonight, it would take too long. But the Bible places upon Christians the obligation to intercede for the government. And you are given power. Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That admonition was from Derek Prince, spoken many decades ago. It's always a timely word that we should always pray for our government. We should always seek God for our government and what's going on. Because the government affects what we do and what we say. If you, if you never experienced that, which in the United States often we haven't really, it, these days it's front and center of how the government impacts our everyday lives in such a dramatic manner. This is why we need to pray. This is why God is calling you to be a prayer warrior, to rise up. So now, let's go before the Lord. Let's go to war, praying and seeking God on all these things. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we do come together and and seeking your face. And first of all, we want to give you all the praise and the glory. We want to give you all the praise and the glory for all that you're doing today. Even as bad as it can get. Even if we're hurting today, we're going to give you all the praise and the glory. Because everything that we have, do, see, experience right now is temporary. It's temporary, but you are eternal and you are worthy of our praise. And even in our praise, as we give you thanks, we battle in the spirit as prayer warriors. We battle against principalities, powers, and rulers that come to struggle and wrestle with us. We battle them with work, with praise and worship unto you, O God, because you are worthy. You are worthy of all things. And we seek your face. And we call upon your name. We give you praise, God. Even though it can be bad, we know it's temporary. We do know that you have good plans for us. God, we know that everything, according to Romans 8, 28, 
you cause to work together for the good. You do it for, to, for your purposes, your plans, your desires. And we know your word says that you are good. And just like Job, when Job was attacked and had received four different messages uh, from servants telling him in four different ways and different aspects where he had just lost everything except his wife. He lost every breathing thing that he had, sons and daughters, their families and servants and livestock, which was his business, all gone in one day and told him one day. And we know from the book of Job that it started with Satan asking God to, to strike Job. And you, God, you said, because you, he, he was wanting to accuse Job, he said, if he suffers, if he suffers, he will surely curse you to your face. And God, you allowed it to happen. You allowed it to happen, and it was rough, and it was terrible, and it was suffering. But you exposed in Job that there was no place for cursing against you in his heart. And that's what you were looking for. And that story has been told for thousands of years. That even when his health was struck, he still did not curse you. He hurt and he asked you and he cried out why. And, and he, he wanted to argue with you why he was dealing with what he was. And he, he believed he, he had, there was no reason, no, no justification for him to suffer like he was. He did not feel like he should be, it was justified that he would suffer like that because he thought he was a righteous person, but no one is righteous before you. You're the only righteous person. You are God and you showed him that. He learned something from that, but in all of that, even though he might've been a bit prideful in his heart, he didn't curse you. He didn't blame you for what he had gone through. He wanted to know why, but he didn't blame you. And so, God, we, we're not going to blame you, God, through this trial that we're dealing with. We're not going to be upset in such a way that we're going to curse you and turn our back on you because that is the purpose of this test, to push you there. And we're not going to do that. We're going to stand together. And so, like we were encouraged by Derek Prince in that previous segment, that we are to pray and call upon you for our government, even though it's in chaos. And there's so much passion on different sides of what's going on and what's not going on and what we want to see and what we don't think we're seeing. So many things which we people have always been upset with the government throughout the history of our country. But uh, today, the battle lines have been drawn and thankfully shots have not been fully fired. But uh, we are definitely in a spiritual war and a form of civil war that's going on right now, God. And so we call upon you in the name of Jesus for our government, God. And we pray your kingdom come and your will be done in the United States of America. We give you praise for the current, uh, also the brokered deal of peace with uh, the United Arab Emirates with with uh, Israel that was brokered between the president and the United States and Israel that, that bring some form of peace right now 
to Israel, your nation, God, as well. And you said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we're doing that. And we thank you for that peace of Jerusalem that you bestowed. We are connected to Israel. And God, that is something that we stand together prophetically, Lord. We stand together in this time, God, believing that. And so, Lord, we pray that you you would arise and your enemies would be scattered. And those that would, would seek defeat from your purposes, we pray now, God, that everything that would, things would come up to thwart their wicked schemes, that you would dispatch your angels to destroy and to stop wicked schemes that are designed to stop the advancement of your kingdom and the advancement of your signs and wonders and the advancement of your truth and the gospel to go forth. We, we, we rise up. We rise up, say, and God, dispatch, God, and to speak to your people and those that are discouraged. We have a whole generation of, 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 of young people that have had it very good in this United States and have been lied to in the educational system about how awful things are in the United States, and yet they've not traveled anywhere to know how much we live like kings compared to most of the globe that we have it so well compared to most of the globe that you have been so gracious and these this educational system has caused these young people to curse it. God, we pray that the blinders would come off their eyes. God, that you would call them unto yourself, God, that you would cause call them unto yourself in such a mighty wave of revival, Lord. Amongst the young people, God, you'd stir it up, God. Signs and wonders would be released. But those of us that have been crying out, that are wrestling as believers with so hardships, God, that you'd encourage and build them up and not to give in to the temptation to suicide. We come against the enemy and a lying enemy of suicide and the enemy of destruction. God, we stand together and believe that that, that's, that destruction is destroyed in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for your goodness and your grace, O oh God, your goodness and your grace, O oh God, toward us. And we call upon you, God, because we are your children. By faith, we confess Jesus as Lord. And we believe in our hearts that you were that Jesus was raised from the dead. And that's the requirement from Romans 10, 9 and 10 to be saved. And we stand on that. And we also pray for the fire of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire to come upon us, God to do and be your people, to be bold witnesses for you, God. We need that fire. We ask for that baptism, Lord, in the name of Jesus, for your glory. And for the new thing you're doing in the church, God, the new thing that you're doing in Christians, God, make it happen. The underground church, even God, the underground church, God, the structure of homes, the structure of believers, God, that you would bring that together, Lord, as you have designed, God, that you'd give uh, it w means and ways and 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 uh, plans, God, that you've been developing there, Lord. We, uh, we bring that into existence and we thank you for it, God. And we pray for protection over our president, over our Congress, over the Supreme Court. We ask for righteousness. We ask for righteousness. We ask for righteousness, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom to defend ourselves, freedom to move, freedom to prosper, 
prosperity, not for prosperity's sake, but prosperity that you may be glorified and your kingdom may arise and we be used by that, but you can use anything. So God, we put that in your hands, but we do ask God that we do thwart the enemy's plan of destruction against us. As we gather together as prayer warriors, we give you praise and glory and honor and thank you, God. We thank you, God. For yours is the kingdom, Lord, the power and the glory forevermore. Amen. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, can I believe what I just heard? You're wondering, how does this affect me? Can I believe that there are actually angels that would come talk to me, that God would do stuff like that? And you're also feeling right now, you're thinking, you know what? I probably need to pray more for my government. Well, guess what? That's the spirit of God calling you to be a prayer warrior. This is the 24-7 Prayer Warrior Podcast, brought to you by 247prayerwarrior.com, your place for personal and spiritual breakthrough. Like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We have 26 other episodes that will encourage you and teach you how to break through. It's time. God's calling you. Be a prayer warrior. Welcome to 24-7 Prayer Warrior Podcast, brought to you by 247prayerwarrior.com, your place for personal and spiritual breakthrough. Today we're going to take up a very serious question that all of us deal with. What do you do when it seems like your prayers go unanswered? As a matter of fact, the answer that you get seems to be directly opposite of what you expected. How do you handle that? How do you power through? How do you pray through? That's what we're going to talk about today. 